This morning I want to bring a message uh, called Downpour, and uh, I, I really felt to do some teaching on some benefits to uh, the presence of God, but also worship and uh, looking at <clears throat> the glory of God as well. Um, when it comes to, I was doing a little bit of research while I was away on the difference between the presence of God and the glory of God, and what I loved about the research, because we hear a lot about these things, and interestingly, there's lots of reference to Scripture around uh, the presence of God and also the glory of God. Most of it is interchangeable, meaning when the presence of God is there, the glory of God is, can also be found. Um, but interestingly, the Holy Spirit, uh, in reference to the presence of God and the glory of God, is also connected as well. But what I love about doing some research is this is the most fascinating thing that I, I you know, really picked up, is that when you look at the Scriptures, the presence of God is very much about, if you think about being in someone's presence, then obviously they're present. You know, God is present. When His presence is there, He is present. I know that's not wow revelation yet. Uh, but when there's someone who's present, if someone's present, it means that there's a purpose attached to it. Okay, if someone's there, if someone turns up, usually it's because uh, they want to relate with you, they want to give you instruction, they want to give you insight, they want to communicate. So when the presence of God is in your midst, it's there because of a purpose. When God turns up, when he wants to present himself to you, he, he, there's a purpose behind it. And so the presence of God is therefore not just something that we feel, but there's actually something specifically behind why we're hanging out with God and that through the presence of of God. That's why we can get revelation. We can get a download of the things of God. But what I love about then comparing it to the definition of the glory of God is it says it's interchangeable, it's interconnected, it's very united. But the glory of God specifically is talking about the character or the nature of God. So meaning that you can... Um, you can encounter the presence of God, but when you encounter the glory of God, it's like there is such a strong, fresh insight into God's character and His heart and His faithfulness. And so the glory of God is just connected with the goodness of God. And when you get the glory of God in you and you get the glory of God on you, it actually helps to transform your character into more the likeness of Christ. And so that's why there's so many scriptures in the New Testament related to Jesus uh, and the glory of God. So I wanted to start with that, but I wanted to talk about this whole theme of downpour because um, as I was flying to London and I got to London the first two days. I arrived Saturday morning and I was there Saturday, Sunday and to kind of get over the jet lag, as soon as I arrived Saturday morning, I went into the city and, and the, the, the sky was blue and that's unique for the UK. Um, I'm not a real expert on the UK, but uh, I think I joked last time I went to, the, to London in, in February and I joked about uh, my, uh, during the lunch break, during the training, I was showing my clients a photo of Sarah and Zara, this beautiful photo of, of Sarah and Zara. And when they saw it, they went, <gasps> blue sky, because in the corner there was this blue sky. And they're all obsessed with Home and Away. They love Home and Away, even like, you know, 45-year-old men watch Home and Away over there um, because they see the beach and the lifestyle and that type of thing. So anyway, we, the first two days was unique because it was 26, 27 degrees and it was blue sky. It was like Australian weather and all the Brits were, you know, just enjoying it. You could tell they were really enjoying it. And then uh, they were joking. It's like, what's this? This is like Australian weather. And they said, yeah, well, you know, it's two days of Australian weather and then the rest of the summer it will just rain. I went, oh, okay. And then the rest of the week that I was there, the other five days, it just rained. Um, so that was interesting. But 
when when I when I was thinking about you know there's no rain I've arrived in the UK and there's no rain and and the Lord kind of spoke to me through that as I was kind of you know walking through London and there's just no rain there's no hardly any clouds I mean this was a very unusual thing for for London and the Lord said to me you know when you go back I want you to bring a word around downpour and I want you to t- to tell the people it's important for them to get a fresh expectation and insight in terms of the rain of God and I'm wanting to bring fresh rain and I know that there's a song that we sing here often called rain rain down rain down rain rain on me there's so many ones about rain right um and i'm, I'm actually glad we didn't sing any of those songs because i thought oh you know maybe it'd be a bit of a connection because uh i mean too much of a, a connection cheesy connection because we sing those songs a lot so it's good because we're going to do some worship a little bit later but in terms of this uh, message today i wanted to bring some teaching around how it's important for us to position ourselves um, to actually encounter a pouring out of the Spirit of God, a downpour, the rain of God. And the first thing is um, the keys to bring the rain. We're going to look at that, you know, praise. Praising the Lord is a key to bringing the rain and thanking Him. Uh, blessing the Lord with our own words is a key. We're going to look at that. And also prayer. Can I get everyone to say praise? praise. Can I get everyone to say prayer? Because sometimes we are so desperate to unlock things or we need a refreshing, but sometimes we need to lead with using the keys to unlock those things. Amen? Um, and then once we unlock these things, there's, there's a reason why we want to, f- to have the right keys and unlock the reign of God and experience a downpour of His presence because there's benefits of the reign. Everyone say benefits. And uh, some of the ben- benefits is when, you, when you're encountering a fresh outpouring of God, there's actually a washing of the word that takes place. So, you know, the presence of God uh, enables you to uh, encounter more insight into the word and it can wash your mind and wash your life uh, clean. The revelation of grace and mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation, that there is a permanent reconciliation between you and God becomes a stronger revelation because of the reign of God. Um, There's a washing away and a renewing. There's a refreshing and a renewing. Um, The other uh, word that I got was like moisturizer. You know when your, your skin gets dry and you really need to put moisturizer on? Um, or another word is, you know, when you think about a door and it's struggling to close, you put lubrication on it to kind of help it to glide and to shut. So the moisturization of our, our being, but even our mind, um, is important. His presence and glory is in the rain. Uh, revelation, instruction, direction, renewing of the mind and the resetting of the mind are all key benefits. Who likes that list of benefits? Okay, uh, so <clears throat> what I wanted to do is first start with talking about living in the rain. And uh, we're going to look at a particular scripture here from Isaiah chapter 55. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn there, Isaiah 55 verse 10 to 11. Isaiah 55 verse 10 to 11. We want to start with this concept of living in the rain of God. And it says here in the scripture, just as the rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, making things grow and blossom, so will the words that come out of my mouth. They will not come back empty handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. So rain in this scripture is symbolic of God's blessing his favor, refreshing, and his word is like rain. So his actual word 
is like rain that causes us to flourish. It causes us to blossom in every area of life. And the scripture says we should live like a well-watered garden, vibrant and growing. We should live under God's cloud of blessing. And how do we do that? Turn to the person next to you and ask, how do we do that? So let's, let's have a look at nature. So in, in the natural, a cloud is formed when moisture vapors rise up from the earth into the atmosphere. And eventually the moisture is so abundant in the clouds and in the atmosphere that the rain begins to fall. And in the same way, your praise, everyone say praise, your praise is like that. Your praise is like that invisible vapor in the spirit um, that rises up to heaven and forms a cloud. And eventually, if you keep praising, your praise will activate an outpouring of God's blessing and His favor and provision in your life. So the praise of God is a key. It's a key of the kingdom to unlock the reign of God, to bring a fresh pouring out of the Spirit of God. Praise is a weapon of warfare. Praise is something that really helps to activate and pull on the things of God. It helps to bring forth a newness and a freshness of an encounter with God. And so this morning I feel to encourage us about looking at in a healthy way, investigating in a healthy way, have you been putting your praise on? Have you been getting your praise on? Have you been proactively praising the Lord? And uh, I don't just mean, you know, coming to church and getting our praise. And I'm talking about finding opportunities throughout your week to praise the Lord, to thank the Lord, to bless the Lord with your words. And, uh, you know, I, I think God wants to encourage us to be strategic he wants to encourage us to understand the things of the kingdom so we can benefit more from what he has for us. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it's about praising God. I think some of the most strategic times you can use praise is when you choose to praise God, particularly when you don't feel like it. I think that's some of the most powerful ways that you can use praise because it helps to start to create some vapor spiritually in your life that goes up to heaven goes up to the Lord and starts to starts to feel uh, the moisture spiritually above you like the clouds of worship and eventually exactly like in the natural when there's enough moisture that gets drawn up then eventually it gets so full that it has to actually start to come down again and it starts to actually uh, you know uh, manifest in your life so I wanted to start with that first revelation about praise. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel right now, it could be a yes, it could be a no, it could be a maybe, it could be a kind of. There's no right or wrong answer here, but again, it's great to evaluate. Where am I at? Where am I going? How am I tracking? Where am I at with God? How, how's my soul feeling? How's my mind feeling? How am I feeling spiritually? Just taking a bit of a check. Do you feel like you're in a dry season? You know, um, that when one of the uh, the flight from um, London to Singapore, um, as we were, you know, on the descent, I just noticed everyone's. I was looking around and noticing everyone else's little routines. You know, there was a female over here, and you could tell she was she really wasn't happy with her skin. It must have felt dry because of the air conditioning. So she got a little bag and she's just moisturising. 
and that just wasn't enough. One layer was enough. She had to kind of root me, right? And then she's, she's using the little TV monitor, you know, where you watch the movies. She's using that as a mirror, and she's just... She's just mm. And you could just tell she just, you know, she wasn't quite... So she just kept going, and she kept going, right? <clears throat> there was this other, <laughs> this other guy over here, and... Uh, you know, sometimes that well, I was flying Singapore Airlines, so not all airlines, but it's kind of the trend now where they give you little hot towels. And um, so he had a really unique strategy. He kind of had already used his hot towel, and then he parked it on the side, and then he had like this. It was like a spray bottle, and it was like a you know like a you know like what you'd spray to wet your hair, like the old barbers, but it was a mini version. I'm thinking, gee, this guy's pretty organised. <laughs> And so he had a spray bottle and he re-sprayed, you know, obviously it was colder, but he re-sprayed that and then kind of did that and then, you know, did under the collar and then had another go. And, and so all these people had their certain routines of what they wanted to do to freshen up, to feel refreshed um, after they'd been in a period of slumber. And I felt like the Lord was saying to me this morning or over the last... 12 hours as I observed these things, the Lord was saying, tell the people <coughs> this morning that it's important for them to actually have a routine, be, be prepared, be organized, be strategic with what you do to freshen up, maybe when you've been in a day or a week or a season of slumber, when it's been tired or hard or difficult and you're trying to awaken in the things of God. It's important to bring moisture spiritually into your life. And praise is a key of bringing in fresh moisture. So begin to praise and thank God that he is bringing you through to a place of refreshing. Magnify and bless him for his goodness in your life. And as you turn up your praise, God will turn up the rain and you will experience his abundant outpouring. Who wants his abundant outpouring? I wasn't convinced. Who wants his abundant outpouring? Okay, good. All right. You know, sometimes sometimes you need to sell things to yourself. Have you ever noticed that in life? <laughs> you have to convince yourself a few times before you really, you know, buy into it. And sometimes you need to convince yourself, encourage yourself in the things of God. So living in the reign of God's favor, God longs for us to be like a well-watered garden. Flourishing, full of joy, always in blossom. Yet many times due to situations that are happening in our lives, we don't necessarily feel like we are in full blossom. Rather, we feel like we're in a bit of a dry spell at times. And so when this happens, instead of giving up and accepting your present circumstances in life, decide to praise God. Decide to praise God more than you ever have. And in the Bible, the psalmist said, I will keep on hoping for you to help me. I will praise you more and more. I will keep on, keeping on, keeping on, hoping that you will help me, hoping that you will refresh me, hoping that you will enable me, hoping that you will equip me, hoping that you will empower me, hoping that you would send your reign. And so because I will keep on hoping, my response to that hope is I will praise you. More and more and more. And when we decide to give God praise, something powerful and supernatural happens. Peace, joy, and divine favor begin to rain down over our lives. So by praising God at all times, not just times when we feel like it, not just times when we've been instructed to at church, 
But when we praise God, when we create a lifestyle of praise, it starts to position us to be able to receive a downpour of the Lord. By praising God at all times, what happens in the natural with rain will be the same spiritually over your life. A cloud can only hold so much condensation, so many vapors before it releases. Who wants a release of the Lord on their life? Awesome. In the same way, when you keep sending up praise and you keep singing, God is good all the time. That cloud can only hold so much before the blessing comes bursting back down. And when you stay full of praise, God's blessing will begin raining down, making sure that you are always in blossom, causing you to bloom where you're currently planted, even if you're in a dry spell. So what I want us to do right now is I want us to stand and we're just going to do an activation. So the word's not over yet. And I thought, wow, okay, Brad is really jet lagged. It's a super short word. And maybe you would have just started, praise Jesus, because it's a super short word. Praise the Lord. Okay, let that not be your motivation to praise, all right? But what I want us to do is I want to do an activation of praise. And what this does, it helps to generate the rain. So we're going to start to generate some vapors. Now, I'm not going to ask the music team to come at this time because we don't always need music to praise. What I want us to do is I just want us to activate our mouth and I want us to thank God and praise Him. Now, imagine if you had someone in your life who you really, really appreciated and you were just you know, sitting with them or standing with them, and you said, you know what, I just want to let you know that I really appreciate you because you're an amazing person. You bring so much joy to my life, and I couldn't live without you. So I just, wa- I just want to know how much I adore you. And that's true for you, Carol. <laughs> Carol just said, that's nice. <laughs> right? That's what we're doing. We're praising the Lord. We're letting him know how much we adore him, how much we couldn't live without him, how great he is, how good he is, his grace and his mercy, his word, his, his empowering Holy Spirit, just even the mission that he's given us in life to spread the gospel, how exciting that is that we could be a part of that. God, I thank you that you've adopted me into your, into your family. I thank you that I'm an inheritance in Christ Jesus. I have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you've set me free from the power of sin because of the blood of Jesus. Lord, I just praise you. You are good. You are great. You are almighty. You are the the first and the last. You are the alpha and the omega. You are the beginning and the end. God, you are so good in my life. I just love on you right now, God. I just bless you with my mouth and my heart, Lord, because I'm so thankful for everything that you've done. See how we don't necessarily need a a worship session to do that? Okay. So can I tell you, I want to encourage you, you don't have to be the most articulate person on planet Earth to be able to be a great praiser of your Lord. So don't get hung up on uh, not necessarily being able to say all the pretty words, okay? But can I give you a little bit of a hint? When you actually practice praising, you just get better at praising. You get, and you get more confident praising it. And when you know behind what you're doing that there's actually a benefit to praising the Lord, right? I mean, how, how much of a benefit do you receive when you praise your, your husband or your wife, right? I mean, there's benefits, amen. When you praise your children, right? And you're encouraging your children, right? Well, how much better is it to praise a God that is faultless, who's so much worthy of anyone else of the praise that we should give him, and that there's benefits behind it, that that actually goes up as vapor. So let's just start praising the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're an awesome God. We declare, Lord, you're a great, amazing God. 
We worship you in this place, Lord. We just love on you, God, that you are fantastic. Lord, that you're a mighty, powerful God. Lord, that your character is always faithful. Lord, that we can put our trust in you. Lord, that we can put our faith in you. We thank you, Lord, for your word, that your word, Lord, always delivers, Lord, fruit in our life. Father, Lord, we thank you that you've sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to guide us, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you're an amazing God. Lord, that you're a powerful God. Lord, that nothing can defeat you, God, that you're all overcoming. We thank you, Lord, for the strength that you give us. Lord, for the courage that you give us, God. We declare, Lord, you're an amazing, powerful, almighty uh, God. And we declare, Lord, that that what Jesus has done, Lord, on the cross enables us and equips us, Lord, to live a powerful life, Father. So we thank you, Lord, for who you are in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give him a clap offering. Let's take a seat. So as you're taking a seat, maybe say to someone, I think we, we're sending a little bit of vapor up there. A bit of a spiritual moisturizer. Okay, I want to talk about this abundance of rain, right? Filling those clouds now. So we, we, we started to help to generate the rain by setting something up. Now I want to talk about the abundance of rain. So God has his abundance of rain ready to saturate our lives, changing, blessing, and enriching us in his fullness every way. Now I wanted to say to you that <clears throat> be, be someone who holds on to and protects the revelation of how important praise is in your life, how critical it is in your life. And I thank God for the, the, the days and the weeks and the years that he had me planted in my, my first church where I could just worship the Lord and I could just learn. I was, got taught how to praise God. And I, my old pastor, there was a running joke because <laughs> whenever he was just talking with someone, you know where sometimes you can have those little moments where you're having a chat with someone, a bit of a chit-chat, and then it gets to that place where you and the other person haven't quite really yet pref- got anything else to talk about? You know that little tiny little moment, and you kind of just exhaust the conversation, and then you're just kind of standing there going, yeah, so... Um, you know that little awkward moment sometimes? So my old pastor, he used to always, if ever there was that moment in conversation, you would know because he'd like, uh, yeah, so praise God, eh? <laughs> praise God. So praise God, eh? Praise, and it was like his, um, you know, it was like his way of finding. Okay, where am I going to go with this? Where are they going to end this? Or I'm going to find something else to talk about. <laughs> praise God, eh? Praise God. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I, I remember, um, I remember there were there were some uh, Sunday services at church when I'm, you know, I'm I'm standing in worship and I can feel. As I'm praising God, I can feel God just operating on me, just operating on my heart, um, just changing me, just ripping some things out, putting some things in, fine-tuning some things, refining some things, um, highlighting some things to me, encouraging me to forget some things. And the presence of God just such a great place of being able to just become uh, solidified in who you are. The, the things like the insecurities. Sometimes I felt like, you know, God would just kind of like a, 
You know when you have sometimes, try really hard not to get gross here, but you know sometimes when you have one of those really persistent pimples and they're not easy to pop, right? I promise you I won't get too full on. Too late. But sometimes, you know, there's this stuff that's kind of in you, insecurity, whatever it is, and it doesn't matter how hard you try to get that stuff out, it just doesn't seem to go. But what I love about the presence of the Lord is He is a good extractor. (laughs) Now, we'll leave it at that. Amen? He's a great extractor. Because what I love is... uh, is as he extracts things, um, he's also in filling other things to replace uh, those things. And there's a, there's a transaction, there's a transformation. It's like he's a great, amazing surgeon of the soul. The Lord really just loves us. He just loves us and he's always wanting to, to connect with us, to refine us. Uh, I was speaking to someone this morning who just said, Pastor Brad, I just feel like I'm being stretched right now. Being really stretched, like the Lord's really stretching me. And I said, you know what? Just hang on, it's okay. And I said, you know what I found is the Lord will stretch us because he, He's changing us, He's molding us, because he's, 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 he's fashioning us and helping us to become uh, an upgrade model to our old self. He's helping us to become more like Him. And so it is a stretching thing. I said, but what I found the Lord is very good at is he's great at stretching us, but not stretching us to the part to the point where we break. He stretches us, and then he kind of gives us a little bit of a holiday. And then he'll stretch us, and then he'll give us a little bit of a holiday. And then he'll stretch us, and then he'll give us a little bit more rest. Because he ultimately loves us, and he doesn't want to see us break, but he wants to see us grow. Amen? So in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, it says to ask for the rain, even though it's raining. So I want to talk about this. In order to be affected by rain, we have to be in the correct position. Everyone say, in position. So in the natural sense, the correct position would be standing under the rain. To have to go outside and to be able to be impacted by a downpour, we have to be in position. In the spiritual sense, part of positioning ourselves actually is asking. Everyone say, asking. Asking for the rain is how you position yourself. So you can praise and you can praise and you can praise and you start to feel the atmosphere uh, around your life is starting to fill with the presence of God. But if you want that downpour, the Bible says one of the keys to position yourself for the rain is to ask for the rain. In Zechariah 10.1, it says to ask for rain even though it's raining. That means that even though we know that God's presence and peace and joy and health and hope are available, we should ask for it and by faith believe that we're going to receive it. You know, it's interesting to think about the components of water. If you think about the components of water, a water molecule is when it's, um, it's composed of two hydrogen and one uh, oxygen atoms. So two hydrogen one oxygen atoms. And when you look at those components combined together, the oxygen atom actually carries the two hydrogen. So the way that it's actually structured, if you look, look, if you were able to look at it at that actual uh, molecular micro level, what's fascinating is the oxygen atom actually grabs onto and connects the two hydrogens, and that's how it stays connected. 
And what's interesting about that is it's likewise, likewise with God. The reign of God is God himself, the oxygen atom, and everything else that comes along with him. So it's actually God. When God brings his reign, he brings himself, his own presence, his glory. But also there are other benefits attached to God himself that comes in the reign of God. And what comes is healing. Everyone say amen to that. What also comes is peace, goodness, forgiveness, self-esteem, joy, so if you think about the breakup of a water molecule, and it's oxygen, hydrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, it's God himself. But also attached to God himself are these other benefits in the reign of God. So who thinks that the reign of God is something that they want to keep asking for and keep asking for it? There is transforming power in the declaration of praise. I believe that worship along with our praise, thanksgiving and confessing the word of God is obviously essential to our Christian life. And worship is our response to God in our lives, which only enhances the things like intimacy, also obedience, and the revelation of who he is and who we are. And uh, you know, when it comes to you know, worship, we love worship in this place. Everyone just pray for my laptop. There's really good revelation here. Okay, good. <laughs> it's working. All right. The great thing about positioning yourself for the rain is the presence of the Lord is one of the safest places you can ever be. One of the safest places. Why? Because the Bible teaches that the enemy cannot be within the presence of the Lord. So watch this. Where sin was designed to separate you from the very presence of God. And so Jesus, through what he did on the cross, shedding his blood, breaking his body, and dying for us, taking the the price, and actually having his life killed so that our sins could be forgiven. And then when he rose again on the third day, and the Bible teaches that when he actually died, the veil was torn. The very veil in the, tab- in the, in the temple of God that actually was a symbol of, of separating the people of God and only the high priest could go in. And in order to go in, they had to do various routine religious sacrifices of the blood of animals. But that whole veil was absolutely torn because the very thing that separated us from the presence of God, which was sin, and usually sin came because we partnered with the enemy, maybe knowing it and sometimes not knowing it. But humanity sinned because they partnered with the enemy. They bought into the enemy's deception. We know that Adam and Eve, that's where uh, sin started in the garden. And, and Eve and then Adam bought into the deception, his trickery, him trying to deceive them, them not trusting God. And so the enemy and sin, the enemy actually was someone that, that partnered with human beings to create this thing called sin. Why? Because the enemy wanted to see our sin so he could separate us from the presence of God. Why? Because he knew that in the presence of God, that's where our, our strength and our ability and the beauty of our, of our image and our identity 
in God could be strengthened and could be enabled and could be established. And that was the, that's the thing that he absolutely hates. And so the beautiful thing is, is the very plan of God to bring Jesus Christ actually restored us to be able to walk freely into the presence of God, whereas the very place that the enemy who first tried to get us to stumble cannot actually go. So I want to say this to you. You are designed to hunger for the safe place. There's something in your humanity that desires safety. Safety in God. There's something about the pursuit of God, the attractiveness of God, the love of God, the presence of God that you are hungry for because there's something in your human heart that desires you. You were designed to want to be safe. I want to encourage you. So I'm going to uh, actually ask us to stand and we're going to do another activation. Amen. And we're now going to specifically ask for the rain. We're going to ask for the rain. So we've been praising and we're going to ask. For, we don't need music yet. It's going to come in a minute. But we're going to ask for the rain. So I want you to stand where you are. And I want you, it's kind of like we're going to activate some prayer. I want you to ask for the reign of your life and your family's life. Let's go. Father, we thank you, Lord, right now. Lord, we pray and we ask and we, we come to you, Father. And we would say, Lord, that you would rain down upon our lives, Father. Lord, we ask for that rain, Lord, to pour out upon our lives and our families' lives, Lord. Father, we thank you for the presence of God and the glory of God and the goodness of God, Lord, to pour out. We thank you for the freedom of God and the healing of God in this rain. And we call on the rain of God in our life, Father, to fall in this place and upon our lives in this season. Lord, we want it to rain, oh God. We want it to rain in our life, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for rain. And we ask for rain and we decree... Lord, let it rain in this place. Let it rain upon our lives in the name of Jesus. We want it to pour out. We want a downpour of the Spirit of God in our life, Father. We are hungry and we want rain in Jesus' name. We pray and everyone said, Amen. Take a seat. So we've been praising the Lord. We've been asking for rain. Now I want to do a little bit of teaching. This is my third section. Then we're going to do a bit of worship to enjoy some rain. Do some teaching on the sound of the abundance of rain and look at a particular part of Scripture here in 1 Kings chapter 18. And there's verses there, if you're just taking notes, 1 Kings chapter 18. The verses we're going to look at, this is talking about the story of Elijah. Chapter 18, verses 41 to 46 at those main chapters. 1 Kings 18, 41 to 46. And when Elijah told Ahab that there was a sound of abundance of rain, there had as yet been no sound audible to the human ear. There had, and there hadn't been rain for a long time. And there hadn't been any sound of rain audibly to the human ear. But he prophesied it, a sound of abundance of rain. So Elijah had only heard this sound by the hearing of faith. And in 1 Kings 18, it records two prayers that Elijah prayed. One was in public. Everyone say in public. And he prayed in public for fire. 
And that's in verse 36 to 37. And the other prayer, and this is the key, the other prayer he prayed was in private. Everyone say private. And this prayer was for water. And this was in verses 42 to 46. So in this particular study right here of the word, what we want to do is we want to look at Elijah on the mountaintop alone with God and praying for the showers to be poured out upon the thirsty land. And what I want to do is I want to study what was the strategy, what were the ingredients, what was the the keys in this type of prayer that helped to bring the rain. So let's have a look at this. First of all, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. First of all, My laptop really doesn't like me today. Amen. (laughs) It was a prayer of faith. Write that down. It was a prayer of faith for it rested upon God's own sure promise. And so when we pray, we need to make sure that our petition is founded upon the promise of God so that we are praying in accordance with His will. Now, church... This may seem straightforward, but I want you to really tune your ear to this because I think that right now in this season, for our house and our church and for you individually and your families, I think this is a really strategic key. So he, his prayer was specifically in relation to the promise of God. So without such a promise, we may well demand things contrary to his will, which will therefore be presumptuous and not the prayer of faith at all. So for three and a half years in this story, there had been no rain. Everyone say no rain. Now, Elijah goes before the Lord and asks him to send the rain. Upon what ground did he make this prayer? Was it just because he thought it would be a nice idea? No. It it had a lot more depth to it. Upon the ground of God's own sure promise. So when we look at 1 Kings 18.1, I'm just going to get my laptop to obey me in Jesus' name. Okay. God has said to Elijah, I will send rain. So write this scripture down. 1 Kings 18 verse 1. That's a really important scripture. If you go away and do some more study after this message, and I encourage you to write that scripture down. 1 Kings 18 verse 1. Because that particular scripture highlights that God actually declared his promise to Elijah. And then Elijah responded to the promise of God by praying it into being. God said, I will send rain. And now Elijah asked him. And now Elijah asked him. God first promised the rain. God first promised the rain. Elijah looked into the promise of God. Elijah looked first into what God promised. And then Elijah prayed for the promise to be sent. And now Elijah asked him to do that which was clearly his will. Answers to prayer are conditional upon our praying in accordance with God's will. Amen. We can know his will and be sure of it, for he reveals it by his word and by the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you, church, that it's important to pray, but it's important to also have an understanding of the word of God and the foundation of the promises of God and pray for the promises of God in your life. So does that mean if you're praying for a car, 
do you need to go and look for scriptures where it says, I will grant you a car? Uh, well, no, because there's not going to be a particular scripture that will say necessarily that. But there will be a scripture to say that I want to provide for you. And if you need a car in, 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 your, in your world, then you can, you can pray, well, God, I know that you're going to provide for me. So, Lord, I would like you to provide for me. And right now in this season, I need a car. So, God, can I ask you to provide for me? Okay, I'm going to stand on that scripture. Now, the reason why we, we want to do this teaching is because um, I think sometimes people may not put enough emphasis on getting the foundation of the promises in alignment with what they're praying. And so sometimes we can, we can pray what we call soulish prayers. Soulless prayers are just kind of what we think or feel, but we actually are not connecting it to the Word of God. We don't connect your prayers to the Word of God. They don't, they're not as powerful, basically. Can I get everyone to say amen to that? So why did Elijah need to pray for rain if it was God's will to send it, you may ask? Because it's a good question. You know, if it's his will, well, isn't God going to do it anyway? Why does, why, does, why does Elijah have to pray? And this is another big key. Because we've already said answers to prayer are conditional upon our praying in accordance with God's will. We can know his will and be sure of it, for he reveals it by his word and by the Holy Spirit. Great first point. But then you might have a question, which I think is a really good question. I had this question as well. I wanted to understand it. Why did Elijah need to pray for rain if it was God's will? If, if God's promised it, why does, God, why does Elijah have to pray for it? Everyone say, good question. All right. So let's answer that question. Amen? Because God had ordained that it should be so, meaning God had ordained that even though he promised it, he wanted someone to pray for it. So read Ezekiel. Write the scripture down. This is key. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 to 38, it teaches in here, and it says here, where the Lord promises to do a great many things. And then in verse 37, he says, he says that he will do them in answer to prayer. I want to challenge some people here. Just so you know, I can't really see you because of the lights. But I just want to challenge. So I'm not making this comment because I can see people. <laughs> if you're not writing this down or at least making a note of this, I would say, why? Because you know what? If you only learn from your ear, you'll only retain about 20%. And I'm giving you scriptural keys for you to put in practice spiritually in your life for the promises of God to rain down and manifest in your life. If you ain't writing this down, I would question why. And that's coming from a father's heart. Because if my little girl, if I was giving her instruction on how to break through in life and she wasn't really taking note of it, I'd be like, what are you doing, Zara? This is really good stuff. Do you want to break through in life or not? <laughs> so where's the pen in your hand or your smartphone or whatever technical device in 20 whatever it will be? Where is it? Get it happening. You come into the house of God to do many things. One is to learn and to grow to take the word and not allow it just to tickle our ear, but to take a hold of it and to put it into place in our life. So the fruit of this message should be, oh, that was a nice message. No. The fruit of this message should be 
you actually going home and putting this into place. Amen? Cool. Are we recording this? Yes. But take it down. Take it down. Because God had ordained that it should be so. Read Ezekiel 36, 24 to 38. Where the Lord promises to do a great many things, He says that He will do them in answer to prayer. So God promises things. The promises of God are very clear in our life. But why do we have to pray in order to help those promises to become established? Because God says to pray. He says He will bring the promises in response to your prayer. So if God says that, then that's what we should be doing. Amen. Second key, it was a prayer offered in the secret place, away from the noise and distractions of the world. In verse 42, what a relief for Elijah to get alone in the presence of God after all the noise and excitement that he'd experienced. If you look up even Psalms 46.10, that's another scripture, Psalms 46.10, that talks about going into the the, the private place of prayer to really be able to activate the power of prayer. But there is more to note here. The Lord Jesus, we know it frequently, went up into the secret place, spent time with the Father in order to recharge and then to pray. So there's something about praying for the promises of God to manifest in your life and praying helps to activate it, but also praying in the secret place places of your life, meaning pray in private, have some alone time, some solitary time alone with the Lord. There's something on that. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't pray publicly. I mean, we're going to have a prayer meeting in a week, in Wednesday week, in about 10 days. There's a great time of corporate prayer. But for your life individually, and sometimes as husband and wife, get in and pray, pray with your family. Absolutely, there's, there's important things around that. But also, it's critical to get away in your private life with the Lord and to pray the promises of God and to ask the Lord to bring the rain, to ask the Lord to manifest His promises in your life. So prayer can accomplish so very much. And a key sometimes, not all the time, but a key sometimes is offering your prayer to the Lord in a secret place. Next one is... It was a prayer which was marked by deep reverence and sincere humility. In verse 42, early in the chapter, we see Elijah standing with the crowds on Carmel. And now we see him before his God down upon the earth with his face between his knees. Now, I'm not suggesting you always have to pray on your knees with your face between your knees. But it's a, it's, it's a point. And the point is here is that he really humbled himself. He humbled himself and he was crying out to God asking for the promises. And I think, you know, sometimes it's, it's a good thing to do that. Because you know what? I think when, when we humble ourselves and we have that fresh reference for the Lord when we're praying, it just means that we, we're aware of who we are and we're aware of who God. We're aware that we fall short. We're aware that in that moment, before we even probably need to pray, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to forgive other people in our life. And then we're in the position to pray because we've humbled ourselves before the Lord. And then in a fresh way, we put God in the right place because He's God, we're not. And we're His servant. And when we, in a fresh way, 
get that right relationship, that reverence of the Lord, that honor of the Lord, and we humble ourselves by forgiving, asking Lord for forgiveness and forgiving others, we're then in a place for our prayer to be powerful. It's exactly what Elijah did. Humbled himself. And he, in that moment, he was marked by a deep reverence towards the Lord. Next key, it was a prayer which was definite and to the point. We see what Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 says. As in you need to pray for it specifically. We've looked at that scripture. The promises of God comes from praying for it. This is exactly what Elijah did. He only had one petition. Everyone say one petition. As he came before the Lord. He said, Lord, send the rain. Send the rain, send the rain, send the rain, Lord. He didn't say send the rain and grow the crops and help the the sheep and the cattle to be fertile. You know how sometimes we can have a shopping list? And again, sometimes I think it's okay to have more than one thing to pray about. Don't get me wrong. I don't think you always have to have just one topic. But there's something powerful in being very precise and being very specific on point about a particular promise and just coming to the Lord with that focus. It was a prayer which was definite and to the point. There's another example here. Um, If you think about when the disciples went to the upper room, They prayed for only one thing, the coming of the promised Holy Spirit. They just kept praying and praying and praying and praying for the Holy Spirit to fill them and to fill the room. It was just on point. It was very specific. It was very deliberate. Can I tell you, when your prayer is fashioned like that, it actually is activating more faith. It's very precise. It's very specific. The Bible teaches also in the New Testament in uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 5, when Peter was in prison, the church prayed for only one thing, his deliverance out of prison. God, deliver him, deliver him, deliver him. Lord, we're going to pray, deliver him. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for the Lord to deliver him. And he was delivered out of prison. Definite, specific prayers bring definite, specific answers. Amen. Who's being encouraged here? Next one. It was a prayer which was intense. Amen for intenseness. It was earnest and fervent. Notice the words powerful, effective, and earnestly. Uh, You know, when in in the book of James, chapter 5, verses 16, 18, he talks about having disciples having earnest. Intense, fervent prayers for them to be fruitful. Elijah's prayer was also accompanied. It wasn't just intense or fervent. It was also accompanied by fasting. In 1 Kings 18, 41 and 42, he could quite legitimately have joined Ahab in taking food and drink, but he did not do so. He decided not to do that because of his fasting. We know that fasting, and again, not every time you have to you pray should you be fasting, but 
Can I tell you, sometimes when you're so hungry for God to break through, that one of the most powerful things you can do is to actually push away your earthly hunger in order for the things of God to manifest. So this is a season where the Lord is saying, I'm wanting to bring a downpour. I'm wanting to pour out. I'm wanting things to manifest. And I hear the call of the Lord. I even hear like the, you know, like the roll call, you know, at school. Ding, 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 ding. The bell rings. We're all being at morning tea. Break time, relax time, chill time, you know, play time. And then the bell rings. Ding, 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 ding. And, and it's, it's the roll call, right? I feel like in the spirit, it's the roll call that the Lord is ringing the bell and he's saying, come on church, it's time. It's time now. We've had our morning tea break. It's time now to come back into the classroom and let's get in a time of praying and asking the rain to come, asking the rain to pour out over our lives. And the keys is here. We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to praise God. We're going to start to praise him, not just at church, but in our life, in our car, Wherever we can find an appropriate opportunity to praise the Lord and, you know, and to thank the Lord, to declare the goodness of God over our lives, to, to fill the atmosphere of our life with the vapor of God, to create these spiritual clouds. We've also got to ask for the rain. We've got to ask for the rain. And then we're going to look at some of these keys. Second last one, it was a prayer which was accompanied by watchfulness. 1 Kings 18, 43 to 45, it talks about how Elijah was looking. After he prayed, he started to look for the rain. When we really pray in faith, we should already be looking for the answer. Even if time and again, the reply is, there is nothing. You know, he went out to look, there is nothing. Then he'd go and look again, there is still nothing. We should go on praying and watching until the answer comes. So Elijah's prayer, there was something about looking for. His prayer was accompanied by watchfulness. He believed that the promise of God, of rain, was going to come, that God was going to send it. So he was looking for the answer to come. Last key, it was a prayer. I'm going to ask the complete music team to come. Thank you. Last key, it was a prayer which persevered until the answer came. Elijah said to his servant, go again, again, go again and look. Seven times. And then we read, meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain came on. So the kind of prayer here is it's persevering prayer until the breakthrough. And so, church, this morning, I want us to position ourselves to enjoy the reign of God. And how we're going to position ourselves is this morning we're going to finish off by a time of worship. We're going to ask the Lord to send the rain. But this morning, I want you to walk out of here with fresh insights to praise the Lord. Everyone say, praise God. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise the Lord. Ask for the rain. Lord, send the rain. Pour out your blessing. Pour out your anointing. Pour out your presence. Pour out your glory. Pour out your promises in my life. Lord, let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Lord, send the rain. Send the rain. Send the rain. And then strategically, we're being called to pray and to pray with these keys. 
Amen. Why don't you stand in this place?